After Dark, starring John and Danny. Hello, welcome everyone to Grim After Dark. Uh, my name is John, and this is your weekly round of the last week in the community. Uh, this is the literal Seinfeld of the Warhammer community, a show about nothing, uh, where we talk to the best players and content creators from around the world about the game we love to hate, uh, Warhammer. Uh, which, yeah, perfect, amazing. Hey, the Doctor is in tonight uh, when we welcome Frontline's next generation of crotchety stat experts uh, as Nathan Henning joins the show to break down the mathematical reasons uh, why you suck at the game and also why you should never tell the internet you use a microwave to warm water. Uh, yeah, thank you, K.R. Quinn. Seinfeld was funny, uh, which would misprove my point, I guess. Uh, my co-host, unlike this, yeah, but hey, my co-host today needs some introduction. He's the terror of the mid-tables, um, and maybe even higher now that his beautiful Eldari are back with a brand new book. Uh, it's Danny McDivitt. Hey, John. Hey, how's it going? What a beautiful, smooth transition. I love it. Dude, it was Danny, yeah, you... incredibly yeah. smooth. Much yeah, like my testicles. Good. You got some experience, Danny, uh, with the new Aldari this weekend. How excited are you on a scale of 1 to 10? John, I'm turned up all the way to an 11. You should feel these nipples. It's crazy. This I'm is, ready to go this here. This is, frankly, unacceptable. I asked you on a scale of 1 to 10. And for you to ignore that for your own scale is... You know what, John? I'm not yeah. going to buy into your Eurocentric uh, vision of a 1 to 10 scale. Like, <laughs> My, Obviously, my metric system yours is pounds and Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> between on a one to twelve, I'm a, <laughs> I'm an eleven. That's fair. That's fair. I forgot you uh, didn't use a metric system over there. Yep. Yeah, even Only better. Imperial. <laughs> Only Imperial, apart from when you're all diary. Um, how how did the army feel? Did it feel like overpowered? Did it feel oh, underpowered? How, how did it feel on the table? John, let me tell an you, unnamed opponent. Oh yeah, I'm not allowed. I'm not not at liberty to reveal the name of my opponent, as he's not he's he's asked to not be mentioned on the show. Um, but uh, Meth Moister, uh, we'll just call him that, right? Uh, For sure. Yeah. Uh, man, what a what a, what a <laughs> what a salty opponent! I've never seen such salt in my entire <laughs> life. Just whining the entire time. You've never you've I've never seen its like before. And uh, he even played Tau and got first turn and still didn't do it. I don't know. So See, the secret uh, ingredient sass with Tau <laughs> is to shoot your guns. Uh, that's yeah. probably where the failure happened. Yeah, he didn't even need line of sight and he still he still didn't pull it off. I don't know what's wrong with I don't know what's wrong with him. Maybe he needs a new uh maybe he needs to play a different army. Yeah, fair. Maybe he tried it works, more play style. Um Aldari memes that were all over the place, and this was one oh, of yeah. your favorites. Uh, due to his factual accuracy, Danny, our guest, has let us know how much he loves this part of the show. Uh, can you tell us, uh, for the, the poor uh, peasant audio listener, uh, what this meme is? Okay. Uh, well, John, this meme is a meme about Seinfeld, totally unrelated to Eldar. Um, I love because Jerry... I didn't actually, I told you you didn't have to explain this one, but now I'm making Oh, well, I'm it. going to now because this is really important <laughs> to me. So this references the Kenny Rogers Roasters episode of Seinfeld, um, wherein uh, Kramer is kept awake uh, <laughs> all night from a Kenny Rogers Roasters sign that's been put up outside of his window. But he wants to boycott it, but can't stop eating the chicken. Um, so... <laughs> Jerry walks into the apartment um, to see what's going on, and he asks Kramer uh, what's going on in there. And uh, it turns out that no, this is a 40k meme instead, and uh, the Geller field has failed, um, so they're trapped in the warp. <laughs> okay, from now on, the show is just you explaining memes. Like I'm gonna, you're gonna provide academically cited sources, uh, historical context. The whole shebang. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh. oh, the Seinfeld of 40K. I love it. Uh, but yeah, the meme I was talking about was this G.I. Joe-inspired Aldari uh, number. Yeah. Oh, and uh, this, is a, this is a classic here, of course. Uh, this yeah. is a picture of the second edition Eldar Codex, the cover yeah. art. I um, like those two different like amounts of contrast. Uh, <laughs> like the, the top one is way lighter and the second one's darkened down, but it's the same picture. <laughs> Yeah, you're absolutely right. 
Um, so yeah. it's uh, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of I'm kind of wondering why they didn't do like uh, like curious liberals. Why the combined <laughs> the combined codex length is only, <laughs> only six pages less than the the total of the two uh, the crap world and the Harlequin books. Anyway. But it says, Guys, uh, if you see in the next week a turning point forty k uh, Facebook group start, uh, no, no, it was probably me based off of that one throwaway comment from Danny. It'll be funny for about five days until I grow bored of it. For sure. Um, anyway, so uh, the uh, it says uh, it's a reference to GI Joe. It says mm. uh, uh, blah blah blah, uh, knowing is half the battle, yeah. and the other half is uh, is is lots of violence. Um, which ah. references uh, the Eldar, uh, the Eldar uh, uh, kind of quote on the book, which was uh, the only thing that matches their arrogance is their firepower. I believe mm -hmm. that's the quote from the, um, uh, the spine of the Eldar Codex from second edition. Yeah. And then and then uh, this is for producer Val here. Chad is saying that I'm soft. I'm hopefully uh, hoping they're referring to my volume and not any other part of me because one HIPAA violation two, none of your dang business. No, that's fair. Uh, this mic here, you want, okay, want a little inside baseball on this, guys? No, it actually plugged in. Hasn't been plugged in for like a month. <laughs> this, this, is just, this is just a mic for show. Yeah, that, that's the problem. Oh God, like, it's, this is just a mic for show. Oh, love this it. This is my show mic. This is my mic for show. This here is my mic for go. Uh, perfect. Oh, man. Hey, <laughs> Danny, last episode, we pointed out uh, some reviews that uh, our awesome listeners have given to the Frontline Gaming Network, uh, saying essentially that we are a filler show and rated the network as a whole a solid three out of five. Uh, <laughs> we asked you guys for reviews, and boy, howdy, did we get reviews. Uh, <laughs> James Rowdy, this was a YouTube comment, but also my single favorite joke uh that i've ever read um <laughs> he reviewed our last episode by saying filler three out of five uh and as i can you can see me replying here uh this is my favorite comment of all time uh yeah. it was uh james the subtlety of that joke uh had me laughing so hard on my couch uh that my wife asked if i was okay uh, and she wanted to see what was so funny um uh, and then was very disappointed when it was uh, not funny uh but anyway Guys, as I'm not usual. just look. Yeah, as usual, I'm not very funny. I uh, guess I'm not just lurking in our oh, comments. I was talking about the disappointment, John. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about the soft comment as well. Uh, oh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The callback. Uh, uh, we are just lurking in our own comments. Signals from the front line had an amazing episode last week, uh, fronted by Kicker and the other guy. Um, it says here, "Great show, Kicker and Blank, for relating to sports media." And talking to sports players, um, sports players are trained to engage and talk to media. Gamers are not. Don't expect or require players to talk to you as part of an event. Again, one, rude. If I'm playing at a game, it would be nice for you to talk to me. Um, I refuse. But they're talking about <laughs> the difference uh, between sports players and sort of Warhammer players. Uh, showing that, you know, sports players are the training. Warhammer players don't. Uh, we, we, there's, uh, videos out there that show the benefits of that professional training. Uh, a few years ago, Danny Marshawn Lynch, I believe he's a, a, a sports player, man. Um, he yeah, showed up for a media man. day event and all he answered for all of his questions was, I'm just here. So I don't get fined, uh, which, oh. which is just decades of training, uh, just shown, uh, in, in the ad thing there. I would love to see John Lennon respond to questions that way when he goes in podcast appearances post GTA major victories. Just be like, I'm just here so I won't get fined. You know, John, it takes a lot of luck, um, a little bit of faith in God. Um, and uh, it's really it's really about the players. Um, it's about the game. It's about the experience. Um, and it's about a love for the game. Would you say it would be like 30% luck, 20% skill, maybe like 15% concentrated power of will? Yeah, that seems like an equation that you could use. I don't know if that's actually <laughs> accurate or not, uh, but um, we can have well, the we stats have a, guy. We can have the stats have a, guy check yeah. the numbers on that. We have a statistician coming uh, soon. He can tell us if that's an accurate <laughs> way the, the players go up. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> 
Uh, Danny, in general, though, aside from the fact that we're only here so we don't get fined, um, how do you feel kind of about that thought that like uh, 40K players aren't trained uh, so shouldn't be uh, a part of this media circus? Well, John, <laughs> if they, you know, if they didn't want to be a part of it, uh, they shouldn't have showed up to the field. Um, you know, they should have uh, really... <laughs> They put it all out there on the table. Um, they refused to. They refused to stop. Uh, they wouldn't. They wouldn't quit, and uh, it paid off for them. Yeah, they used that twenty percent luck. Twenty. No, I'm not going to do that again. Um, <laughs> I will say, every time you buy a ticket for any event, there is a, a small asterisk clause that says, "By purchasing this ticket, you have agreed that you have taken the requisite four hours of media training." Uh, <laughs> Prior to playing, it's all parts of the terms of service, uh, you guys. <laughs> you must talk to your opponent in order to not be fined the uh, the cost of your of your entry fee. Yeah. So, so yeah, round one, my next tournament, they're gonna be like, "Hey, so how does your army work?" I'm like, "I'm just here, so I won't be fined." <laughs> <I'm just laughs> <sit down. laughs> uh, guys, I feel per- personally attacked by this next comment we found here. Um, someone responded with. Call BS. I can't tell you how many YouTubers, uh, two words, I see, I've seen in the last moth that open their videos with thank you, Games Workshop, for sending me this book and these models for free. Tons of them. It's ridiculous how much swag they're giving to nerds that sit in a basement somewhere and make videos about the free stuff GW sends them. How about give away a lot less stuff and give your customers a break? Um, one, I just want to say, and Val, if we could close up here on me on this one here, and that's the beautiful comment. Uh, and we're going to just even ignore the, the incorrect words. Uh, the thing I take personal issues for is one, I'm not in my mom's basement. I'm a grown man. I'm in my wife's closet, as you can clearly see as I pull the curtain back. And two, <laughs> due to changes... In advertising law, if you get given stuff for free, you have to say. Uh, that way, there's no kind of backdoor shenanigans about why we're saying stuff is great all the time. Uh, Danny, what is your response to this this note here? A life from your mom's basement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for those uh, who, who are catching us an audio-only version, which one? How dare you? Uh, two, thank you. Um, Danny just uh, sent dollar bills. He made it rain. Single dollar bills. Two, um, two, two dollar bills, just to be clear. <laughs> all uh, all that could over be yours his mom's basement. If you just uh, reviewed codexes and spend hours of your time uh, <laughs> looking over this stuff. I'm rolling it over here, guys. Yeah. Uh, in chat here, uh, in chat here, someone called Seth and Mad Doc says, "I wish GW would give me free stuff." My advice to you: stick to one faction, be really good at it, be branded for that, have that be a thing that you're known for, and then maybe you too could. Danny. <laughs> 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 Games Workshop released a free animation showing the ritual of a Primaris Marine uh, armoring up in all of its gothic tinge glory. And for all those who complained about having to pay for Warhammer Plus, uh, the free animation was widely applauded by the entire community. And a... <laughs> no, my producer's telling me we complained about it. Um, they bitched a lot. Uh, this note here was my favorite reply. It was, yeah, but they didn't even show the full ritual. These blessings take hours upon hours, even days to fully complete. Normally, the Space Marine is frustrated and exhausted by the end of the ritual. From all lore I've read, each bolt, each screw, every bullet in the bolter casing, it treated special and with the utmost care. This should have been more and way better, not a four-minute advertisement. Uh, Games Workshop, in return, is soon to release its 37-hour version of this. Yeah. Uh, completely correct to the, the lore. <laughs> the director's cut is going to be entirely accurate to the lore provided in 2017. Uh, wait, what? Oh, I'm told they want the 1990 version of a Space Marine armoring up. Um, yeah, the one from that Ian Banks Space Mar- or Ian Watson Space Marine book uh, with Imperial Fist and Necromunda. I was going to take time. Uh, Danny, what were your thoughts in the armoring video? Less so that the terrible, awful community content. If you're upset about that, by the way, you're a bad person. I just want to say that. Danny, 
Uh, what was your opinion on kind of that video? Oh my god, I'm sorry, man. I'm I've been laughing so hard this episode. I am weeping. Um, <laughs> much like much like whoever this commenter's mother is, the failed state of their child. Jesus Christ, what a terrible take. Well, Dude, it's like, fine. Her son's reviewing GW stuff in her basement. It's all good. <laughs> yes. He's, this guy's clearly living it up somewhere in a, in a, in a, in a mansion somewhere. Uh, unbelievable, man. Uh, you know what? You win. Uh, I'm, I, 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 I don't even know what to say. Like, I'm really looking forward to that enhanced like six hour edition of that they, that they need to make. What are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hours one through seven are just a, a servitor um, holding a candle it's, gently over an ankle bracelet. Dude, it's an eight part mini series. <laughs> it's going to immediately follow the Exodite on Warhammer Plus. This was just a preview. <laughs> the Army <laughs> Chamber, that's what it's called. <laughs> um, oh, man. I personally thought it was great. Um, there was a lot of this is just StarCraft 2 uh, references that, which I thought was great because StarCraft 2 is pretty much just fucking Space Marines anyway. I mean, yeah, so. <laughs> while you're, um, while you are, uh, enjoying, uh, your, your stuff, you forget that everything rips off everything else. Yeah. Uh, I think is the, the thing to take away with it. Um, uh, but yeah, I was super impressed. I Wait. thought it was great. I'm excited for more weird stuff like that. Yeah, you know what, John? I mean, like, let's let's be clear. Let's make sure that nobody gets any enjoyment out of anything, uh, and like, let's not make them make any kind of videos about anything because it's just ripping off something else. Okay, um, here. Okay, now we're gonna delve into a whole other kind of question here. How important is utter hatred towards the hobby as a hobby itself? To oh, some? <laughs> that's at least fifty percent of the hobby, John. <laughs> that is. <laughs> Yeah, that's a stats guy. He says uh, 55% actually. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a Harlequin win rate level of percentage. Fact check. No, that's much higher, my friend. <laughs> oh, boy. Man, this is going today. Holy cow. Hey, back on track. Warhammer Seasons, uh, once lauded as an amazing thing. Danny, I know the community was super happy to know that there would be frequent touches for... Jo oh, wait, what's that? Yeah, our producer says people are complaining again about Warhammer being in seasons now. Uh-huh. Yeah, the Octarius books moved to the last chance to buy. Uh, one can imagine as part of the thing to keep things fresh and to keep the seasons kind of feeling different. Uh, Danny, what is your take on these real recent books moving to last chance to buy already? Um, I don't know how I feel about this yet. I mean, I'll have to see if the, if the rules are available in a different format, if they're going away permanently. Nobody really knows. I think there probably needs to be some kind of an effort from Games Workshop to make sure that People understand what's going on. So I can understand some frustration here, especially if you built your army based on like some of these, like some of these rules. Um, because you wanted that theme, so to speak. Uh so I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh I don't think it's something to get, you know, your uh your knickers in a knot about. Um, but uh uh just uh, you know, maybe don't complain about it so much. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, what <laughs> is it? That's Looking at those ones right? there, it's like the Octarius Warzone. So, oh no, uh, we lost the the Admet cohort, right? And the Skitari thing. Oh no, the worst possible scenario. I, I like the Skitari one. Yeah, I know you do because you play Skitari. <laughs> no there. one else did. Okay, you got, you got me, John. You got me. I, I do. Uh, Tyranids, uh, they're coming. Uh, Danny, you shared with us this meme here. Uh, I want you to describe in only the way you can. Oh, thank you. Uh, what are we seeing here with this wonderful thing you sent me? All right. So what we're seeing here, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but this is this from this is from Spider Man. Uh, Spider -Man this is from movie? yeah. This is from Sony Pictures' third attempt at Spider Man, but the first <laughs> Spider Man movie from that third attempt. So sequentially, it's the sixth Spider Man movie, but the first and the third set of Spider Man. Right. Correct. Okay. Thank you. I wasn't sure. Um, so it's a picture. Uh, Peter Parker's face is crudely replaced with that of the Swarm Lord. Um, oh, it says, I didn't even notice. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Sorry. Uh, maybe it was seamless to you, but it was a little <laughs> jarring to me. It kind of took me out of the meme a little bit. Um, anyway, it says, but I'm nothing without Hive Commander. 
Um, the next scene is a backwards facing shot, which I was very impressed that someone had a professional level picture of Swarmlord's back. Also with an adrenal gland, which I don't think he can take. I don't know if that's actually Swarmlord. That might just be a normal hive tyrant. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's over Peter, back of Peter Parker said. And then over Tony Stark's face is the Games Workshop logo. Um, and it says, if you're nothing without it, then you shouldn't have it. Now, Danny, the interesting thing here is that this meme implies that Games Workshop cares about how balance is affected by things like Hive Commander. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were going to make a totally different joke there. Um, I, uh, anyway, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I would assume that they probably do care about that and maybe that that rule was unbalanced and maybe like, you know, you should have a different rule instead. Uh, maybe moving something twice and then charging is probably not such a fun rule for people. On a smaller table, you're insane. Uh, yeah, I must be wrong. Must Jeez, be wrong. Is totally, totally balanced, fair and balanced. Yeah, anyway, Lord. so. But yeah, how are how are your feelings about the Terranids? Man, some of the leaks have come out. They've uh, they've been leaking some data sheets. Uh, Tyranids seem real good. They seem like they really buffed the monster's toughness, which is kind of a surprise. I was kind of expecting maybe a little bit uh, of a cheaper monsters than more expensive but better monsters. But, hey, if they're cool on the table, I think that's really fun. Um, well, I saw the rules for the Exocrine, maybe, um, and also the Haru Specs, maybe, and also the, the Swarm Lord. And they seem, they seem all very fun. And good. Awesome. Sorry, and good. Yeah. Super excited for that. Guys, we're, we're two-thirds of the way through this here. I don't know why we're taking forever today, but the important thing is at least one person is having a good time. You made me cry three times, John. I think it's because we've been laughing at our own jokes so much. That, this that's is like fair. That's fair. smelling our own farts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, in this, this, this podcast is the smelling your own farts of 40K jokes. Um, hey, we're moving gears a little bit. Kill Team Nashmond is on the way, and some of the community's best painters got their hands on the kit uh, went to town. Uh, my personal favorite being this guy here, uh, the Night Lord's Butcher by Adam at Sea Studios, uh, which phenomenal paint job. The Night Lord's uh, like uh, paint job is great. The lightning looks amazing. Uh, yeah. The 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 face though, uh, uh, enhanced. Um, <laughs> when I first saw it, it just looked like someone who didn't have a lot of confidence, and he's like, nah, I don't know. But then, Danny, we saw something else sort of yeah. bad, too, huh? Yeah, both John and I had the same thought of this. Um, we both saw a little bit of American Psycho. Um, <laughs> it's a perfect one-to-one yeah. -one ratio there. Which is, honestly, like a perfect one-to-one -one ratio of look, how it is. Look at the sadness in the eyes. I think you can really see that they, like Siege Studios <laughs> has really captured that. And kind of, I would say, an authentic Chaos Space Marine experience with that uh the real sadness has really been focused here and uh not in the rest of the body where they only have one wound <laughs> right which means now to me it's now canon uh that before they kill their prey uh, night lords first give a verbal presentation on the history of huey lewis in the mm -hmm. news uh while talking about the hidden meaning of hit to be square um which is fantastic there uh danny does this also alter your night lord canon uh are they all patrick bateman-esque american psychos John, they've always all been Amer They've always been psychos. When they present their chain axes, they're like ivory chain axe with an ebony trim, and like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tooth replica chains. Love it. Someone yeah. better than me make that funny. Uh <laughs> oh, John, that's like from the movie American Psycho. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, as our producer pointed out, no one under the age of 35 got that, which means, man, I have our, our demographic really wrong. Perfect. Really <laughs> uh, that's that, that's all I got here. I forgot to upload the, the weird possum picture. That didn't make the cut this week uh, where someone was trying to sell live possums that needed to be fed by a machine on a Warhammer buy sell trade we, uh, page. That is... Uh, that is right. And Kara Quinn, thank you. Losing our audience means that uh, two people uh, left. Yeah, here thank comes you. all the comments about how few people are watching this right now. Joke's on you. You're Perfect. watching this to make the comments. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> uh, guys, what's, 
do our little thing here. The Lone Star Open is coming. It's tabletop wargaming at its finest. Uh, come battle it out with the best of the best to see if you're worth your salt. Uh, the main tournament is going to take place Saturday, July 23rd and Sunday the 24th uh, with a meet and greet on Friday night where you'll be able to meet a certain person we can't probably talk about, Mr. Oster. Uh, <laughs> while all from monster that's right i can i can't holy cow yeah great filler content hey while all frontline gaming events are special the lso in particular is especially a special event uh, as it is dedicated to our community members who are or have been a part of the united states armed forces uh, special perks will be offered to both currently serving and formerly serving military personnel and one of these perks is going to be access to a limited room block purely for military personnel with a rate even lower than our already discounted room block uh, several of the tournaments will also be formatted to highlight any personnel playing for them. Uh, the example that you guys are going to care about, the 40K Champs events will have members representing each of the military branches who will be competing to settle just which of the U.S. military branches is the best and earn the honor of being Frontline Gaming's branch champion for the rest of the season. And see, and you thought you were just going to show up for Siegler to win. No, you can finally represent your branch too. Uh, <laughs> Danny? That's all we've got. Guys, thank you for hanging around for these 26 minutes to finally get us to talk to, to, to our guest. Daddy, why don't you take it away? Yeah, so thanks for coming tonight. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, this has gone a little... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, we have a great guest tonight. I'm super excited to introduce our guest. Um, you probably, if you've been reading Frontline Gaming's uh, website, you've probably seen some, uh, some of the articles that he's written. Um, he's an aspiring uh, scientist, professional scientist, not just not just like uh not just the kind of a scientist that like i am right like i'm a, I would say i'm like a cheese scientist uh, i like to experiment with various different flavors of cheeses anyway so uh you don't have to stretch the show we're running not long only, <laughs> not only can you catch his articles on frontline gaming's website but you can also catch them on the catch them on the uh the best in tabletop network um on uh 40k fight club uh and uh so i'm pleased tonight to welcome uh nathan henning to the show nathan welcome aboard well not aboard but to the show i don't know this could be a chef who knows uh, welcome welcome to the warehouse as they would say yeah the warehouse well yeah maybe someday <laughs> there, we <go. laughs> there we go perfect transition it, perfect. it took a, it took a while for the tv signal to get there from chicago there we go. it's okay yeah. it's that's okay. right yeah it's a crt monitor what are you gonna do and then just <laughs> real real quickly chat uh someone asking uh the lone star open is saturday july 23rd and sunday july 24th and kr quinn yeah served 23 years and wants to be part of a military block no thank you <laughs> a very tickly uh experience for me uh danny ask yes. away you you get first oh. question this week okay the okay cool well uh well, thanks for coming on to talk with us tonight, Nathan. Oh, okay, wait. Okay, I'm just hearing from my producer. We're gonna redo the entrance again because we're not running long or anything as it is. We're gonna we're gonna nail this. We're gonna get it perfect. We're not even gonna do it in post. So, yeah, Nathan, go away. I also welcome, but go away. Oh, uh, and, and now, oh, Danny, if you could, oh, if you could reach up to the reach reach up to the heavens for me. Uh, we're going to coo uh, Nathan Dan. This is an old British TV reference, but we're just going to coo uh, and encourage oh, him down. So, so yeah, uh, the, the dove of stats. Uh, we're going to go coo, coo, coo. Like we, we summoned <laughs> that a Nathan. That, that makes Heck me yeah. sound a lot more peaceful and a lot less angry about the state of statistics. <laughs> <laughs> wow. the, the white dove of frontline gaming. <laughs> Just the a reference to my skin color. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, amazing! Sorry, Danny. Go take it away. Now that now that we've got this perfect intro uh, that rips off a show from the '90s called Shooting Stars. Uh, that reference. So, Nathan, this week saw kind of the introduction of uh, the Eldari Codex to the meta. Um, did that shake things up in a meaningful way? Are we looking at some some different numbers here, or like? Or do they come in with a bang? What do the numbers look like for like Harlequins and Crap for Little Dario? They have, are they are they good? So the weekend was really quiet. So what I really want to yeah. do first is kind of couch everything that I'm about to say. Yeah, I sure. usually discard data from less than ten players in a week just because 
it's very prone to being affected by a couple players actually doing well in events. But mm-hmm. Harlequins this weekend had a 73.5% win rate in just half of the events that they played in. So it's something to pay attention to, definitely. But it's also something I'm not sure if it will pan out as we get more events. But it is definitely uh, eyebrow-raising. So with the Harlequins in particular, how much do you think this is just kind of like, uh, I call it like the sticker shock of not knowing kind of how a new codex works and how to properly kind of play against it? And how much of this is just Harlequins just being uh, a little kind of broken? So I do think Harlequins are really good. Um, I do think Harlequins are also somewhat challenging to play. So I play Eldar Umbrella and I play Harlequins and I play Craftworld Eldar and Drukhari primarily. Um, So I'm very aware of the, if I make a mistake, my whole army dies kind of vibe that you get with Harlequins sometimes. But Harlequins is definitely, in my opinion, the stronger half of that Craftworld Eldar book. But I think over time we'll see that the Craftworld Eldar book is the deeper side. But that's really the problem of having eight data sheets. So if you have one really good data sheet out of your eight, um, Void Weavers, by the way, that's definitely the data sheet. <laughs> um, you tend to have armies that are going to, say, use nine of them. You know, just the maximum number, the most you can field. Mm-hmm. Ah, the Manny Chima effect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard not to Manny Chima, though, Star Weavers and Void Weavers and Harlequins, when you, again, only have eight data sheets. <laughs> That's that's a fair statement. <laughs> that's fair. And, and Danny, is is that something sort of you're seeing as well, where you think it's sort of uh, because the Harlequin is, and I'm using kind of references I'm seeing from chat here, like the shallow end of the pool, like army construction wise, uh, that we will sort of see more of a balance with more craft world coming in and being kind of a pain. I think you're. I. I. So my view is, is I think that those that that codex was designed with like as far as power level goes. I think it was designed to be mixed. Obviously, I think pure Harlequins is very good, um, but I think that that Harlequins kind of miss out on some of the aspects that, uh, or some of the things that Craftworld Eldar can bring to the book uh, or bring to the list. I think like like playing the mission and stuff like that. Eldar just like Craftworld Eldar are just much better than than Harlequins. Um, so I think a, a mixed army is probably going to be the better of the, of the two pure. Like, so if you're, if you're going just pure, like, I think it's going to be less powerful than either one, uh, than either one of those mixed together in any various different kinds of formats. So kind of as a follow-up to that, um, do you feel like, like there's kind of, uh, like an effect on the meta with like, rep- like with reporting statistics, like. For instance, like because you report such high wind rates, like that kind of just snowballs. And so like more of the field is like Tower Custodes or Eldar, like and that kind of like kind of self-perpetuates and kind of makes like a like a greater impact on the meta than than it normally would if people weren't paying more attention to this the, these kind of numbers. So I think that is true in a lot of ways. Um, I mean and like word of mouth will spread no matter what, regardless of the statistics. But I think now with the level of content creation the number of competitive YouTube videos or like what we do on 40k fight club, where we talk a lot about statistics and event coverage and the article series as well on frontline gaming for meta analysis, what you see or end up seeing is people can look at all the top fours. They can find all the data. They can find all the lists right away that are winning events. And in the case of something like custodies, where it's really easy to collect like a 2000 point army, you'll Mm -hmm. always see those armies, I think kind of come to the top. I think the real challenge will be that some armies like Admech in particular never really caught up. A, because the best build was prohibitively expensive. And then B, also because those models, while beautiful, are also really difficult to hobby if you want yeah. them to look even remotely good. Whereas if, say, Necrons was the top tier army, and we'll talk about that in a second, you just dip those in a bag full of silver paint and then take them out and shake them in a bag of null oil, you know, the shake and bake style of army painting. Yeah, that's so, fair. The hobby leg is much less on an army like that, right? Yep. Especially if you care even remotely how your army looks. Like, I guess it's different if your three ca- your three color minimum opinion is basically a zenithal shade and then painting yeah. a few details. Um, and your basing is basically crackle paint or painting your bases green and then putting that old-fashioned green flock on top. <laughs> a classic. <laughs> yeah, a classic. 
So we're seeing kind of coming out of this weekend here, we have like a 73.5% win rate for Harlequins, which is obviously insane. Is this something that's kind of followed along with the previous Codex releases that have come out? So Custodes kind of coming out of the gate hot, Drakari coming out of the gate hot. Uh, is this sort of a thing where we see initially high peaks and then it kind of lowers down? Or is this something we should be kind of concerned about for current game state? So for current game state, I'm still more concerned about Tau and Custodes because both of those have actually maintained 70% win rates across since book release. Now, if Harlequins maintain their win rate, especially going into something like Adepticon, so our first major with all these book rules after the frontline gaming majors are is Adepticon. So we'll have the Craft World, all their book, we'll have Custodes, and we'll have Tau, all likely unnerfed going into Adepticon. So we'll probably get a lot of good data out of that, and that's next week. Um... Usually I like to wait for a couple weeks of data just to see how the numbers work out, especially with a quiet weekend where only half the events were actually using new Craft World Elder rules. Um, that's part of the challenge is that some events rules cut off kind of prohibit using that first week of data regardless of the situation. And Harlequins have never been a particularly high representation faction. Mm-hmm. So prior to the Craft World Elder book, there were four Harlequin players in our data set essentially, and that was it. Sure. So, I mean, I don't four know. Clans. Yeah, four clowns, all in one car. They had <laughs> two they had two extra seats in that Star Weaver that they couldn't fill. <laughs> oh man, crazy. <laughs> so with the, the Harlequins kind of coming out, do you see sort of like armies? And again, I'm kind of going holistically over the last six or so months with all of the releases. Are you finding that the easier to pilot armies are seeing like a, a higher percentage of win rate? Uh, and then kind of the other kind of builds moving up uh, kind of quickly and silently as people learn how to play it there. Uh, and is this sort of what we were seeing with Custodes? So I think with Custodes, like the real thing for it is that it's more immune to mistakes. So if you make a mistake with a Custodes army, you're less likely to be horrifically punished by it. And that's essentially because you trade your CP pool for your opponent's models over time. So you trade in CP to ignore damage, and then at the end of the game, when you finally run out of CP, you still have like 2,000 points of your army left, and your opponent has like 500 points left. So the Same real- amount of models, though. Yeah, it's true. Also the same amount of models as your opponent. So you both have 20 models at the end of the game, but his models all have strength 5, toughness 5, or more if they're bikes and do shenanigans to you still. Whereas something like Colt Mechanicus in particular, after the nerfs, is like such a challenging army to pilot, especially with all the command phase actions that you need to do, where if you make a mistake in your command phase, like say you accidentally give your whole army jinx in the wrong phase when you don't need to, and then your whole army dies. Um, you jinx yourself. So I think there are armies that are more challenging to pilot. They have a higher skill floor, so a higher barrier to entry, and custodes definitely aren't one of those armies. Um, but since they're also broken, um, they also have a high skill ceiling, so there's a lot of room there to perform really well. So you have a high skill floor and a high skill ceiling, making it a lot or a low skill floor and a high skill ceiling means that there's a lot of room for play in there. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Well, Danny. so we see we see armies. <clears throat> excuse me, we see armies like Tau Custodes Eldari doing okay. very well right now. So, like, what are what kind of like what kind of percentages are we are we seeing from like tr- other armies? Like, I know, like even last week uh, or the week before, Necrons had uh, something like a. Uh, like a 48% win rate, and they were like number four for most winning faction, something like that. I believe I saw that. Uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm misquoting that. Um, but no, it was that's... like, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, sorry, the, the stream just kind of stuttered a little bit. On oh, my yeah, end, no worries. So... Okay, yeah, you're good. Yeah, I think Danny, you're asking what's the, the Necron tier and... of the Necron oh, tier? You did it, John. I did. I did. I squeezed. So, oh, did you ruin? Yet. You ruined my Necron tier joke because my internet's having <laughs> my, problems. <laughs> my Necron tier joke. Who said it first, stuttery boy? No. So, then, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's strong talk for somebody not in the continental, continental United States. <laughs> Man, good. Oh. Mm. You son of a bitch. I'm going to use my one <laughs> F-bomb with that. But yeah. mm. Did my continental United States thing come through? I can't tell. Because yeah, yeah, I, yeah, you did. Yeah, loud and clear. You can show. tell by how severely I'm burned right now. Yeah, 
John's calling 911. <laughs> oh, Jesus. My uh, internet our, is all over the place. <laughs> and, and here we go. Our producer made an amazing joke I'll never be able to repeat on the Frontline Gaming Network. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> please be aware. Loved it so much. <laughs> all right. I think I'm back. I th- oh, no. No, I'm not. Oh, we, we can hear you perfectly yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're good. You're good. Oh, can you hear me okay? Because what's happening on mine is all of your videos are coming in and out and freeze framing oh. repeatedly. No, so no. That's... You are... keep, keep on talking. I can hear oh, you. You're personally. totally fine, man. Okay, and you have the benefit talking, of not being so able to see our face. So, <laughs> Sorry, you know. yeah, so that's very badly. They're the lowest win percentage army with over 10 players this week with a win rate of 32.5%. Oh. So they do, in fact, have their oh. own Necron tier. And yeah. John shamelessly stole from me from the pre-show. <laughs> I borrowed. I so, borrowed. John, you I don't borrowed know if you enough from this. me. Okay. Do you yeah. remember, John, when we did uh, Chaos Space Marine tier? Yeah. There, yeah it's there's got, definitely it's a Space Marine tier. Um, it's definitely made up of a bunch of factions that nobody is playing, so they have a 0% win rate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And then you are have there Black any Templars. That you're, are you super surprised at their, at their win rates? Where you're like, oh, why are you so mid-tier when you should be terrible? Or, or why are you so good when you should be bad? So Sisters of Battle keep doing weird stuff in the meta. So this week they had a 57% win rate. Oh, wow. Um, so every time I say something about how maybe Sisters of Battle are good, they dip really hard. And then a lot of Sisters of Battle players complain. So then I say they're bad. And then their win rate goes up again. So we just need to keep on saying they're good uh, in order to really uh, fool John Lennon's. Keep uh, those sister sisters list. down, if you know what I mean. Yeah, God. during during International Women's <laughs> Month of all times. Um, <laughs> no, John. No. Oh, John. Come on, man. Do you, and I know, like, uh, we, we talked to your, your statistics grandfather, uh, Peter the Falcon, here about this here. Do you take kind of player skill into account uh, when it kind of comes to these things? Because, yeah, like, we can look at something where you're like, yeah, I'm discounting kind of uh, anything less than 10 players, but if 10 of the best players in the United States are playing oh, no. the same thing, uh, they're going to, you know, be better. So, I mean, I do know who plays some of these factions, so I have looked at some of it. Um, I don't like to look at it right away, so I don't think Harlequin's actually won any events this weekend of a GT size, or at least no events that we tracked. So we track only events with 25 or more players in five or more rounds for the purposes of our statistics. RTTs are incredibly sensitive to local metas and also uh, foibles of people lying. Um, Stuff like that, you know, for internet points, but... So weird. Why would, like, I get, Denny, have you been surprised people are doing that, by the way? I mean, I know it's not like a recent thing, or but like, you know, you make up a fake Australian GT with like 32 people, 31 of which are, are questionable in, in realness. Um, why do you think people do that? Well, John, the, the answer to that is because there's a lot of real pieces of shit out there, John. Uh, yeah, yeah. These, 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 these. Uh, this human garbage uh, continues to try and cheat their way for fake, fake internet points. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That just, uh, it's that real, true competitive spirit that everyone loves so much, right? I just want to be in a world where someone uh, shows up at LVO at the end of the season and was like, "Yes, I've won all nine of the Tanzanian Open uh, majors this year. There were seven hundred player events." I would like my trophy and free army, please. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Uh, you can just tell Lance Armstrong to go back to uh, to Zambia or whatever, and uh, he can he can play there from now on. That is true. No one no one checks uh, uh, Siegler's oil levels before and after the game to see if there's a difference. John, uh-huh. he clearly uh, runs on the tears of his opponents. Nobody's checking to make sure he's fully inflated. That's right. (laughs) So, Nathan, Chaos Space Marine players uh, are famous second only maybe to Tawin complaining about their faction. Uh, Mm -hmm. How are Chaos Space Marines faring in this brave new meta of everyone being better than them? It's bad, John. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's go all the way back. We're going to go way back in the machine now. So I have this lovely machine. Yeah, we're going to go in this way back machine. So back to the beginning of any cool news. We'll we'll spend some time with there. So we're going to go in the way back messenger. 
I'm just going to keep making references. No one's going to understand, Val. It's fine. And the AOL Are we going to do IRC next? Yeah. yeah oh, we're going to go to AOL chat. Here we go. So the Chaos Space Marine win rate, since we started tracking statistics, and by we, I mean me, Curie, and Cliff have started tracking statistics. Um, Chaos Space Marines are at a 36% win rate since the beginning of February. Um, which makes That's them better be, than Necrons. It is, in fact, not better than Necrons if you consider all the data. Necrons. I refuse. Necrons are, Necrons are at 44%. So Chaos Space Marines are actually the worst performing non-space, non-loyalist Space Marine faction. Dang. How is um, how are they showing up like representation wise? Or do we still have like a lot of chaos players out there just kind of like bluntly hitting their head against a wall trying to make things work, or are we kind of seeing less and less over time? So right now we see about a two point one percent meta representation for them, which is in the lower third kind of meta representation yeah. wise. But I will also say that like twenty five percent of the meta currently is basically Tau and Adeptus Custodes. <laughs> so. Those two armies by themselves are basically artificially lowering the meta representation of like every other army, along with win rates. So two 70% win factions existing at the same time lower the win rates of every other faction by an average of 5%, with some of the factions dropping by 10%. Wow. So. Wow. Just just in case you were curious. <laughs> just, just in case you're curious, turns out two factions with winning three quarters of their games Probably not the best for the game. No, definitely no. not. I keep no, that sending was a Games crazy Workshop. Thing. I keep sending Games Workshop charts. They still haven't responded. So I'm hoping maybe one day, one day we'll see a path. And it'll be well, great. what's fun is none of your charts are labeled or have keys, uh, so they're just getting random <laughs> colored pictures of pies. You're like, well, I don't, I don't know what this is at all. <laughs> knowledge proprietary. So they all have legends on them, and I send them full Ooh. data sets that have been analyzed and annotated. Nice. Do you do you no. do it through your own app, uh, where if they subscribe, then they get full access to your stats? So we actually don't publicly share our stats because they still have personal identifiers in them for the most part. Um, and I don't want to figure out all the rules and regulations of putting a data set full of personal identifiers onto the internet. It's just a little too much work for me personally. Just That's putting fair. it out there. Hey, well, thank so, you. Uh, well, we have uh, a question here from ch chat in general. Uh, how are Marines doing? I know this encapsulates like 47 different factions, 30 different armies, um, two of them good. Uh, how are Marines doing? So if you consider Grey Knights Marines, they're doing okay. Uh, Grey Knights are at about a 48.3% win rate. Well, I don't. Um, <laughs> since you don't, the closest well-performing Marine factions are Space Wolves and Dark Angels, who are at a... 45 and uh, 38.8 respectively. And then everything else is basically in the mid 30s um, for win rate. So Jaime so Paris is uh, holding, is really kind of holding it down for Space Wolves is what <laughs> ba I just Basically. Everything by himself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, terrible. Uh, K.R. Quinn asks about Imperial Fists, but I mean, I, I'm going to spoil this one for you here. Uh, they're trash. <laughs> they're all they're dead. They're lower than trash. It's, they're all dead. Uh, as a tradition. It's bad. Uh, That's all I'm going to say. It's no great. Oh. And chat, you keep on coming up with these great factions. I love to play, and I literally own all of the factions that you guys are posting right now. I'm going to spoil it for you. It's real bad. Uh, <laughs> no one no one likes Corn Demons. Uh, no one oh. likes Imperial Fists. We don't even... Uh, I mean, I guess we could look at the... We're breaking it down by sub-faction now. Um, the data cool. does tell us how sub-factions are doing. Go? If people list their subfaction correctly, so if you submit your subfaction correctly into BCP, we'll track it. If you don't, we're not going to track it. There was some person who listed their faction as um, Drukari in BCP, and they were actually playing Custodes not that long ago. So <laughs> when I looked at their list, I was really confused. That's how you now make a um, a winning uh, Drukari list is just take Custodes. It's true. I mean, <laughs> Drukari are still doing okay. I won't. It's worth the yellow not. card. I will say that's the worth the yellow card to win number one Chaos Space Marine by just taking Custodes all year <laughs> and hoping no one notices. Perfection. I love it. Per perfection. Uh, absolutely great time. Um, so. 
pull it back a little bit. Nathan, about yourself, what made you decide that you're like, hey, I want to be a stats guy. Uh, that Falcon person seems happy that he has to spend a lot of his time filling out Excel <laughs> spreadsheets. I want to do that too. So actually, what, funnily enough, what happened is um, the Falcon had kind of stepped back from doing 40K Stats Center and also from maintaining 40K Stats and like talking about 40K Stats as much. So I was sent an email by Frontline Gaming asking me to write meta-analysis articles for them. So I decided, why not? I'll just start doing this. So I started writing those articles, started pulling stats that way um, manually by hand, which is how you have to use BCP and some of the other um, tournament organizing apps essentially that exist. You have to pull that data by hand, hand tabulate it. Until I met Curie, who made my life a lot easier because he's obsessed with improving processes. And so he pulls all that data from BCP in about a tenth of the time that it took me to pull the data. So, How mad were you when he first did it? Were you like, you son of a bitch? Well, I was really this the whole time? I was really actually very happy that he could do it so fast. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, means I never have to do this ever again where I have to hand count factions and their win rates. And record them one at a time oh, into an Excel spreadsheet. That's brutal, dude. So I'm going to tell you that for the first little bit when I started writing articles when there are only about three to five events most weekends, it's really easy. And then there were a couple weekends where there were much more than that where I was like, oh, no, I have. So I'm a graduate student in a Ph.D. program and I have a full time research load. And I also write I'm writing my thesis right now to hopefully graduate. And so I had suddenly had a lot more work on my plate than I was intending to. I basically had a part-time job just stacked on top of my full-time job, um, which wasn't great. So that is how I started writing statistics was very quickly after talking to the Falcon on a few occasions on Discord, realizing that this was the same sadness he experienced all the time. And I just experienced it the same way he did. <laughs> and when I asked him if he had any tricks to make it easier, he said, no, you just get sadder as time goes on. <laughs> wow. Uh. To, to be fair, the, I can't think of a more Peter the Falcon phrase than <laughs> no, you just get sadder as time goes by. Um, <laughs> What were some kind of like, because he must have given you some, like, because uh, as, as much as we laugh, he is like an amazing resource for this stuff. There must have been something like he told you or some advice he gave you to kind of make the unbearable, endless sad, sadness like a little bit more bearable. To not do it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, he, he actually gave me a lot of advice about where to find all the numbers and how to access BCP and who to email and some other things. So he gave me a lot of resources to tap to kind of get in touch with those different resources. Um, although he said it was never going to get easier and it has, it only got easier because somebody else much more skilled at drawing data out of BCP's terrible website came along and helped me out. <laughs> okay. Dude, uh, that, that would be a, that would be a mob rules sponsor, Best Coast Pairings and their wonderful software, which revolutionized <laughs> the tournament experience from your <laughs> Abeman RTT to, to your thousand person tournament, BCP. Dude, no kidding. I mean, mm. if they could have it so I could export all their data as an Excel sheet, I'd be much happier with them. <laughs> Please, yeah. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Since you started doing all this, you know, grabbing all this data and seeing everything come up, how has that affected your personal game? Because, I mean, even though, like, a graduate student, doctoral stuff you're doing, like, you're an actual scientist, you're doing articles for Frontline, podcasts for, for other people, you're doing all of this stuff, you play the game occasionally. Um, yeah, I do. <laughs> Just have, once or twice. Uh, have you found that it's affected your game at all or improved your game kind of having this uh, Acura-like data kind of coming into your consciousness? No, because that's not how I think about the game. So there are some people who think about the game in like a pure numbers. Like if I go into this situation, like 50% of the time, this will happen or something like that. And there are some people who think about this game in a very mechanical way. Um, I think Richard Siegler is one of those people who, and then, no. um, man, there's Brandon Grant is the other one who people talk about a lot, who think about this game in a very mechanical way, almost robot-like, as they say. And then um, they, they I, don't see the table. They see like the little matrix green stuff flowing down. I'm just full of 90s exactly. references today. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> it's okay. Well, that's not even a 90s reference anymore. There was a new Matrix movie. And it oh, God. Oh, thank God. No, I'm not dated <laughs> anymore. Well, you are, but not as badly. 
<laughs> um, just, wow. I, I pretend as if I'm not in my mid thirties. <laughs> um, so the, they think about the game in like a very numbers forward kind of way. And I do not. So I think about the game in a much more organic way when I play. And that's probably because I haven't been playing for very long and I haven't had that beaten out of me repeatedly. Um, or maybe that's just because I play Seth a lot on TTS. I don't know. Oh, so you have a really good win rate. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. <laughs> I I also... <laughs> just, <laughs> what was that it's, face, Danny? It's funny because um, Seth recently just beat the tires off of me on TTS. <laughs> oh, um, that's what that face was about. <laughs> <laughs> and Danny was there watching him beat the tires off of me in TTS. True. <laughs> As I played my Harlequins very badly. Um. <laughs> oh man! To well, be I fair like to you, it. Seth had a way better tell list against you than uh, uh, than he did against me. Yeah. Oh. And then well, just to good. our producer, I don't know who this restream and frontline gaming is, but they are saying that I have one foot in the grave, uh, that I'm old. <laughs> Guys, that's just I'm being flamed in chat by this it... person called Frontline Gaming TV, and I need I need your help. <laughs> Bell, <laughs> can you ban this person, please? <laughs> also, the, the the funniest part of chat right now is someone uh, Beard AK just said Johnny John is young, Danny is the almost dead guy. Uh, Danny and I actually the I'm same younger age. Than John. <laughs> Danny's younger than me by a how, few months. How old actually are Danny and John? Chat guess. Let's be really oh, insulting. Yeah, I want your chat guesses uh, to I see how to old see we are. The results. Anyone who guesses gets gets no prizes whatsoever. <laughs> Forty five. Screw you, Chimpopo. Crypt Shadow. Great job. You win uh, the biggest no prize. Uh, you, if know? you go to Frontline Gaming's uh, web store, enter the promo Chimpopo sucks uh, for his awful guess. You will get <laughs> nothing off your next purchase. Oh man! Absolutely your promo code timeless and just get big hugs from Danny next. Oh, yeah. So John and I are thirty-eight. We are. Yep. So thirty-eight years young. Four years shy of the two of you. So I'm thirty-eight. Yeah, well, there when you, you get here, you're going to be sad. Let me tell you. I'm already <laughs> sad a lot. That's yeah. Fair. Well, guess what? It gets sadder, <laughs> and not just because I do stats, but also because I'm a graduate student. Those two things together really heighten that depression a lot. Heighten <laughs> that up there, uh, Danny. As we wrap this thing up here, and we get ready to let Nathan kind of plug his things here. What other questions do you have? Uh, the Doctor of Statonomics, or as we have uh, found the White Dove of Stats. Uh, <laughs> someone made a great Peacemaker joke in chat saying yeah, that he has God. to carve the White Dove of Stats. I'm definitely not calling him something thing. like the Nighthawk or whatever he wanted me to call him. Like no. It was Stormhawk or Stormcrow. It was a Gandalf. Because yeah, that makes it better. For sure, that made that. it better. Jesus Christ. You're, you're a dove. Deal with it. Like, Danny, what are the questions you have? Uh, hold on, I lost my train of thought, John. Um, That's fair. It happens when you get older. Let me tell you. Uh, yeah, so another four years. <laughs> Can you believe um, Val is only ten years older than those tabletop guys, Titans guys? Terrible. <laughs> he looks a lot. He looks a lot older. Let me tell. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's the toque. <laughs> oh my it's, god, that's brutal. Beanie. He's wearing. I have a question for you. This is a real question. Mm-hmm. So, what's the most efficient way to heat up water for tea? Oh, oh microwave. Yeah. <laughs> Nathan, so, I totally forgot we were going to talk about this story here. But yeah, please, please explain. And in excruciating detail, like Danny describing a meme. So, you want um, me to talk about the spike kettle, essentially. That's what I'm calling it Yeah, now. The, the, the spike kettle. I do <laughs> the love The spike kettle. Um, yeah. So, on Discord, I was talking to... Um, <laughs> Alex in the BITN Discord and we were talking and I went into the kitchen and I pushed some buttons and he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm just heating up some tea in the microwave. And I don't think I've ever heard somebody get so offended so quickly and they for not a reason that they could explain whatsoever. And so I repeatedly did this to him. Sometimes I wasn't even drinking tea. I would just walk into my kitchen and just push buttons while I was in the Discord chat so that he could hear me pushing buttons and then running the microwave, just so he would know how little I thought of his opinions about eating tea up in the microwave. Um, So one day, though, I came home 
And there was a mysterious box from Target sitting on my doorstep to my apartment. And I brought it inside and I opened it and I looked inside and there was an electric kettle. There was no note. <laughs> Nobody had ordered it. An electric kettle had just shown up on my doorstep. Um, and I was really confused because I asked my wife if she had ordered it and she said no. <laughs> so I was looking around trying to figure it out and um, nobody who sends me random crap in the mail had sent me anything. <laughs> so I went into Discord and I finally figured out that Alex from New Zealand had sent me this. But I was still really confused because Alex doesn't have my physical address. And I wasn't really sure how he got it because it's nowhere on the internet as far as I know. And the only way I could figure out how it happened was that only one other person had my address. And it was John, um, who had sent me a bunch of Eldar models that I had purchased from him. And I had come to learn later that John got so offended when Alex <laughs> told him this story about how I heated up tea in the microwave that he and Alex had worked together to anonymously send me an electric kettle so they never again had to hear about me microwaving tea or hear me push microwave buttons while in Discord. So Guys, I... <laughs> it was like the, the official way to brew tea, very clear. Uh, in the FLGN style guide, uh, does not include any microwaves whatsoever. Um, I think my favorite part about this uh, was uh, when Alex was like, "What do we write for a note?" And then I'm like, "You don't write a note. You don't do anything. You just send him a random kettle." I was like, "Do we tell him?" And I'm like, "No, you never tell him. You never admit to it." And then the, that that jerk admitted to it like right away, um, immediately broke, broke immediately. <laughs> Uh, wow. yeah, it was, yeah. So you are now the proud owner. Best story, uh, was he, to set up a Target account to send that kettle to you, um, he needed to provide a United States phone number. Uh, so <laughs> Alex, for people wanting to get revenge me for things, actually has my phone number because I provided it <laughs> so he could complete the sign up for his American Target account. Uh, yeah, Bakar, snitches get stitches. Uh, and as soon as uh, international things end and I am able to go to New Zealand, watch out, Alex. It'll be a less happy grunt. It, it's Damn. also funny because I use that kettle like every day now. Like Martin kettle's times, amazing. Multiple times a day. I think oh, it is the funniest prank gift I've ever gotten because it also is incredibly useful. I used it to make the tea that I was drinking during the pregame show. But there you go. Perfect. Exactly. Now um, I just... Uh, now I just pu push the microwave buttons to taunt him from afar still occasionally, just because I love Alex so much and audibly hearing the blood pressure of everyone not in the United States increase as I pretend to microwave tea is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just a troll. That's all. That's what I'm hearing right now. Beautiful. I do love um, stirring the pot. Nathan, while you're drinking, uh, tell the people where they can find you, uh, what you're doing, and how they can get more of you and your evil tea drinking ways. Well, you can watch me on the Best in Tabletop Network every Tuesday evening where we host 40K Fight Club, where me, Innes, Anthony, and sometimes Cliff talk about the comings and goings of the meta, and then we talk about statistics a lot, and I cry a lot during the process, or scream into the void, kind of alternatingly, depending on the state of the meta, since it's bad, mostly if you're, screaming into the void. If you're looking for his address so you can send him tissues, hit, hit me up. I got <laughs> um, and then you can also find me sporadically right now on Frontline Gaming's website, where I write meta analysis articles for them. More sporadically right now, because I'm about 50 days out from my thesis defense, so... I'm a little focused on writing a thesis, fully encapsulating all my homunculus ways. Yeah, man. Someone without Indeed. the priorities straight doing a thesis instead of providing you with stats. Uh, much like your forefather before you, Peter the Falcon focused on aircraft safety instead of stats. Uh, and we're all worse off for it, I believe. I, I do okay. stand in very large shoes for and trying to fill them is very hard because the Falcon did a lot for this community that I just simply can't do. Yeah, and he loves it when people come up and thank him and are overly nice about it as well. So I know. be sure to do that every time you see him. I <laughs> love thanking him on every platform that I go on just to see if one day he messages me to tell me to stop. 
<laughs> fantastic fantastic guys that has been another show uh what a great way to kick off the week here on the frontline gaming network uh, be sure to tune in on uh tuesday night for chapter tactics wednesday for signals thursday for obviously the thursday show what else would be there and daddy and i will be back next week with another new guest in the seinfeld uh, of competitive podcasts uh Grim after dark we will see you monday Thank you.